All right, welcome in to the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. It is episode number 24 and the week 14 fantasy primer as we get you ready. Gearing up for the fantasy playoffs. That's what we're doing today. Dan Claskins back with you here this week. And for my guy, James Adams, it's our good friend, Skeeter Robinson, here to help us out. And between uh, now and the next 30 minutes, we're going to gear you up for the fantasy playoffs, get you caught up on the injuries a little bit. We'll do our Thrive Fantasy props like we do every week there. And, uh, of course, talk about all the things you need to know to win and uh, looking forward to doing it here. You can catch us every week of the season. You can subscribe to it wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, name a few, insiderfootball.com. That's our website where you can get this podcast and all the tools to help you win. And uh, Skeeter, always good to have you join in on the fun. And uh, man, it has been a, quite the season. I know, uh, like me, you've got a lot of different teams and things going on, but Goodness, man. Between the bye weeks finally coming to an end this week, we've got four more teams on a bye. And all these, un I mean, there's just an ungodly amount of injuries. I can't tell you, I mean, how many different of my teams have just been sunk by injuries throughout the season. It's not getting any better this week, my friend. No, it isn't. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. But um, yeah, my uh, you know, I made my debut with a friend in the KFFSC. And boy, we just never could get receiver right. We were we were good for the first couple of weeks, but then just injuries upon injuries on receivers and just could not get that position right and running backs going down. And then, of course, you know, we've had some absences due to COVID. And then that's just on top of the normal variance of some of these high shootout games we expect that end up, you know, 15 points under the over-under total. So it's just been a weird year. And if you're still alive, I mean, congrats. You've navigated everything fine. And, you know, hopefully uh, variance will be in your favor come the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, uh, there was a auction league, one of the leagues we do, uh, the Get Sports Info Auction League is a, a league that James and I have done uh, for almost a decade now. And I was this year, I, w- I went in as like, I'm going to get me like a stud RB one and then just load up on receivers because you start two flex and my four receivers in that league. I was cruising for the first six or seven weeks because I had Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. AJ Brown. Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup. And Cup was like the gravy. I mean, here's wide receiver one. And it's like he's the only he's the last man standing. He's the right. last man standing. And now Adam Thielen has joined the list. Because even when AJ Brown went on IR and Ridley with his uh, you know mental uh state that he's dealing with, and we obviously wish the best for him, but at the end of the day, I was like, Man, I'm I'm at least a good thing I'm deep in this league. And then I lost Thielen this week, and it was just the, the icing on the cake to it. And, and I mean, that's just an example, one example of many. And People don't tune in to get all my sob stories, but all I'm saying is, I feel you. I feel you, man. If you uh, if you're dealing with the same things, we definitely are. And as I mentioned, the bye weeks those are finally going to end this week. And I am just not a fan. I, I get it's more for the NFL teams uh, and getting these breaks, but week 14, man, that's just a little late. Can we can we move them up a little bit in the season? I mean, they play 18 games. You want it more at the halfway point, but the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Eagles. I was thinking I was through some buys, but man, there's like one of the leagues where I, I literally have fought my way back from like one and five to where if I win this week and something other else happens, I might get in the playoffs. But man, I've got like all I've got like uh, a Patriot. I've got I got like four of my starters on buy in this week and Dalvin Cook on that team. So just when you thought you were through the buys, uh, you're really not in some places, but. 
Week 14 is interesting, uh, Skeeter, because this is usually, in years past, this would be the week where most of us would actually start our fantasy playoffs. But this this year, with the addition of the 18th week by the NFL to the regular season, a lot of leagues have adjusted, and it's interesting. I mean, you could always tell the commissioners that were on top of it versus the ones that weren't, because uh, there are some people that are they're sending me in Twitter questions already about their playoffs starting this week. How, how does your how did your league handle that extra week here with eighteen weeks? So my home league um, commissioner was on top, not on top of things. We're starting the playoffs this week, so. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm the three seed, just missed a bye, uh, lost a matchup a couple weeks ago by like .08, so that would have caught, I think I was against a second place team, so I'm playing this week because of that, but um, you know, I think I'm with you in the uh, the uh, the uh, listener league, and I know that you know, I, was, I was expecting playoffs this week, so mentally I haven't gotten to the use of the fact that, yet, oh wait, we, there's still another week in most of these seasons, but um, mainly because like I said, I have the playoffs in the one, and the KFFSC ended a lot earlier, but um. Yeah, it's you know it's gonna be weird coming week seventeen. I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is relevant football this year, not week seventeen where you have to worry about okay who's sitting out, ready for the playoffs or things like that. So yeah, it'd be nice, you know, if if we're gonna continue to have bye weeks through fourteen week fourteen, then the playoffs I think have to start week fifteen. Because can you imagine starting your playoffs right now in a quarterfinal matchup and Jonathan Taylor, who you've ridden all year, especially lately, is not available because of a bye week? I mean. If the NFL is going to keep doing fourteen uh, week fourteen buys, I think the fantasy playoffs have to start in week fifteen. Yeah, well, you mentioned the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and I know there are other FFPC, some of these other high stakes leagues. You know, they're playing in their playoffs weeks thirteen and fourteen. That no adjustment there. I think in most cases, my recommendation was, hey, just add an extra week in there. Do your playoffs weeks fifteen through seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that uh, one of my buddies I was talking to, they have a league. They actually kept it as it was. But they moved it to two week playoff matchup, so they start the playoffs this week. But every, you know, each of the rounds is two weeks instead of uh, one week, and gets you know, in terms of formats, James and I we always talk about it this time of year, and uh, I'm sure uh, we we'll talk more about it as as we flip the page into you know the actual playoffs starting in most leagues next week. But in general, I mean, where do you stand on the number of teams in a league that should make the fantasy playoffs? I think if it's 10 or less, then I think four should begin. 12 team, I'm okay with four. I'm okay with six. I don't have a real opinion. But 14 team leagues and higher, I think six is a really good number. I mean, I suppose if you want to get cute, you can do seven so you can mimic the uh, conference playoffs now in the NFL. But um, Yeah. Like, I, I think I think for me it's like half or, or less. Like, yeah. I don't want to see a scenario where uh, there's more teams. But I guess uh, my debate to it, because James is pretty staunch in his opinion. He, he thinks it should be four teams, okay. uh, fewer teams. And to my point, it's like, well, I get it. But if you put a, some rewards in there for like best record money or, you know, you're rewarding the top teams with bye weeks or, or some sort of prize uh, extra there. I, I'd like having a, a lot of the league to have a chance to play for the title. I've always been more of half. I mean, in a 14-team league, I'm here. I hear you. Maybe you can't do something, but maybe you can. Maybe a team just gets a bye. And, uh, you know, you treat it sort of like the AFC and NFC brackets are going to look like in the real NFL. And if it's a seven-team league and uh, you got six teams playing in week one and, you know, the the one seed gets a bye and plays the lowest seed at team remaining uh, in that second week. I don't know. You, you can slice it up seven ways to Sunday. But um, I do think 
for for one thing that I've d- incorporated in my one of my oldest hometown leagues is instead of the playoffs becoming this uh, you know bracket style thing because I can't tell you how many years we start the playoffs and and how few times the number one seed actually wins a fantasy league. Right. And uh, in in my couch potato football, we're now in our third or fourth season of doing it. And we adjusted it a little bit this year with the uh, extra week to the schedule, but. Essentially, we do elimination style, mm-hmm. and uh, in week so the first round there's six teams. So next week when we start the playoffs in, in week fifteen, ultimately the two lowest scoring all six teams play, and uh, the the lowest two scoring teams basically fall out. So it's more of an elimination style, survivor style. So you're not really going head to head. It's you know the the, the if you're the the bottom the bottom score of the week each week you drop out. So you're not going to have a scenario where you put up the second most points of all the playoffs team, but you're going against this other dude that blew up and, and you lose, which yeah. most I, of my league's been a real big fan of. Yeah, we do that in the, uh, I'm in the dynasty best ball with you. And that's the way that is. Of course, last year I fell fourth and you, you sneaked out third over me. So I'm still bitter about that part, but the, uh, the formats, I, yeah, I like that, you know, give everybody a chance that way you, you, if you're the second highest score in the playoffs and you happen to face the the guy who scored the most, you're still alive, which I think is pretty fair. Yeah, I like that style. Uh, and then, of course, you mentioned the Do Good Fantasy, our listener league over there that, uh, you know, you've been a part of as well. But, uh, you know, there we we have our sort of a main event style, which is in line with like the Kentucky Fantasy Championship. So we do divisional playoffs like traditional, you know, your brackets. But simultaneously, you're in this main event type of format to where it literally is taking your average points of the regular season and then each of the playoff weeks. So it's it's basically every, everybody that's in the playoff round, they keep playing for three weeks and it's a, it's cumulative. So I don't know. Whatever your preferences are, I just encourage people to you know try some new things, try some different things. I play in a lot of fantasy leagues, Skeeter, and if they were all the exact same, it'd be pretty boring. Right. Yeah, in fact, I've I've toyed around starting a league that would be best ball season long, where basically you still make roster transactions every week, but you never set a starting lineup. You just it just automatically plays your optimal lineup. I haven't That's done cool. it yet, but but I've thought about doing that. So if I yeah, do that, I, I don't know. I don't know if I. I mean, I, I'm always willing to try new things, but. I mean, best ball is the best part of them for me. Is I love to draft, and once it's over, it's over. Right. Uh, and then you get into the season-long stuff. I mean, making those tough lineup decisions is where, you know, I, I, I like. I sort of like it. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have an advantage, but in my head I have an advantage. And But often my overcoach and make the wrong choices. But uh, that's part of the fun, I think. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I've never really uh, played in a league like that. But I do want to get into some of the playoff matchups at a very high level and look at, you know, some teams that, maybe have some favorable matchups during this playoff stretch here and some teams that don't. And we'll just quickly look at positions by positions. But before we do that, I do got to tell you about our deal and our official partner here on the podcast, Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't jumped in on this yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, especially if your teams aren't making the playoffs. This is a way to make fantasy fun again. And Thrive Fantasy has a $40,000 guaranteed contest for week 14. $20 to enter. First place takes home 10000 be sure to also check out that prop lobby. You get great multipliers on two, three, and four player prop parlays. They're giving you 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code FANTISTICS. 
over at thrivefantasy.com. And before we get out of here today, Skeeter and I will take a crack at making some picks on that main slate. But uh, Skeeter, let's talk about some playoff matchups. And we don't have a ton of time to dive into this too much. Maybe we'll even talk about it when you join me Saturday on SiriusXM Fantasy sitting in there for James. But when we look at the positions by positions, it is interesting because I, I think especially uh, in some of the streaming instances with defenses, maybe if you've been streaming quarterbacks all season, now's the time to sort of plan ahead. We mentioned the bye weeks wrap up this week, so now's the time to build up that bench, make those roster tweaks. But as we look at quarterback, I mean, is there any quarterback team schedule that just really pops out to you is like, wow, they are set up for success. No, because again, usually for the most part, your stud quarterbacks are, match, are you know, pre-matchup independence. And even somebody when I look at like Detroit, who has, you know, Denver and Atlanta and even Seattle, like, are you really starting Jared Goff in a league? So, you know, Indianapolis, the Carson Wentz, I mean, they get the Patriots, Arizona's kind of a eh, matchup and in Vegas. But I mean, Nobody's really sticking out to me as far as, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the streaming options as somebody that I really want to deal with. Even somebody like Pittsburgh, you know, do you really want to start with Ben? He's got a decent next couple of weeks. But maybe Jimmy Garoppolo with Atlanta and Tennessee and Cincinnati on there and Houston. But outside of that, I'm not really seeing much. Yeah. Well, I mean, just looking at teams in general, I think the Cardinals are team. Uh, not just at quarterback, but I mean, you look at the rest of the season schedule here. I mean, they've they've got uh, the Rams, which is obviously not the the greatest of matchups uh, at Detroit versus Indianapolis at Dallas, right? And uh, now you get Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back, and I'm looking at like, okay, Detroit, Indy, Dallas, like. In Indy, I mean, they're good. They're a, a good team, and I mean, any of those teams have some decent defenses. But I, those are games I was like, man, they can really have some shootouts with. Yeah, uh, or even somebody like Seattle, like Russ Wilson, who I've in one of my leagues. I mean, at Houston, at the Rams would be a little tough, but then the Bears and Lions at home, like even from a defense perspective, that's it. You know, three of those four are really nice matchups for, you know, for Seattle and Russ and maybe Metcalf lock in even their defense to kind of maybe try to get right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll tell you the 49ers, that's a schedule we've been sort of talking about all season here because uh, they, they, this week they're here in Cincinnati. Um, So if your playoff started here, but just looking at those weeks, 15 through 17 versus Atlanta, at Tennessee versus the Texans. Two of the three at home at Tennessee. And, I mean, I don't know how much more ideal it could get for that. Hopefully, Debo Samuel's back for the fantasy managers with him. But, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I know Mitchell's dealing with injuries. We'll talk about those in a minute. I think across the board, that could be something that really could turn out very well. And we're talking about streaming quarterbacks. There's some matchups that, yeah, I can consider Jimmy Garoppolo as a guy that could be a viable option here down the stretch. I, I'm pretty excited because I've got him in a couple super flex leagues, and I really feel like uh, looking at that schedule was a big reason I was excited about it. Yeah, and even even something like Tennessee, I mean, at least their defense at Pittsburgh, Ben takes some sacks. San Francisco, Garoppolo can get a little wild with the ball sometimes. Miami, they'll take sacks and Tua makes some mistakes. So Tennessee's another one of those sneaky defenses, and none of those three are horrible matchups for Ryan Tannehill if you need to. And if, even this week against Jacksonville is not a bad spot for him either. So 
I think he's a probably a decent QB two that you could stream if needed in one QB. Yeah, I hope you're right because I, I actually need him. <laughs> Okay. Uh, in, a, in a deeper league, I've been hit by injuries. I got Jalen Hurts on by, and with an ankle injury, I, I'm picking up Tannehill uh, and crossing my fingers there. The Cowboys, they play the Washington football team in two of the three playoff weeks and the Giants sandwich in the middle. Uh, so, I mean, that's not terrible. Um, that Washington defense, though, has gotten better. I think, you know, I was I was big on, you know, Washington's past week, and I was staying away from the Raiders in DFS just because – Washington's only given up three touchdowns once the past five or six games now. So they have been ascending. And, and, and even with Chase Young going out, that's interesting too. Yeah. So I, you know, I think we're thinking about those early season predictions, oh, trends back in September when Washington was getting destroyed on defense, but they've improved. And I'm not sure everybody has caught on to that one yet. Yeah. Well, I was off on that game last week. I really liked the over in it. And it was a snooze fest. So, uh, and it was the Raiders defense. I mean, the Raiders, there's a, they're one of a handful of teams that I just really can't figure out on a week-to-week no. basis. No. Uh, just when I think I, I write them off, they they come out and do what they did on Thanksgiving. Yep. And then, you know, they come back out the following week. And it really, that's almost the entire AFC West, if I was being <laughs> honest, for the, the season. Whatever way I pick a team, they, they do the complete opposite. So, How about the AFC North as well? Good luck figuring out who's going to be good in that division. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a dogfight. and. I mean, the Ravens, I, I think, still the class there. But, uh, you know, sticking with the NFC East where we were talking about Dallas and Washington, I, I mean, the Eagles, same same scenario set up here. I mean, after this bye week this week, they also have uh, some matchups in there you know, with the conference. And uh, I think I think with Philadelphia, um, you know, it really is going to depend on the health of hers, uh, of how good that offense looks. Because, I mean, nothing against Gardner Minshew, but – uh, definitely not that excited about it. The Jets, I mean, not that you're rushing out to play a lot of Jets, but, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule here, Skeeter, and, I mean, weeks 15 through 17, Miami and Jacksonville, uh, not terrible options there. Tampa Bay, uh, but unfortunately, you know, you don't have anybody really ascending there. Michael Carter's dinged up. Uh, Elijah Moore, I mean, if you've got him, I don't know if matchups matter the way he's been playing, but. Just a few teams, a few things to consider there. Let, let's turn our attention to some injuries. And uh, obviously, we're coming at this at the crack of dawn on Wednesday. So if you're catching us a little bit later today, uh, maybe so there's news that comes out. There, there are a lot of different situations we're monitoring here. So we don't have all the information, but enough of it. And, um, you know, at running back, Clearly, uh, some things from last week that are still lingering that we're going to look for some answers on, some newer injuries. Probably the newest injury at running back, Skeeter, was Miles Sanders, who, leave it to, up to Miles Sanders. The guy can't score a touchdown. He finally has this huge game, right? Everything that Miles Sanders fantasy managers have been dreaming about. 27 touches he has before going down. And now he's down with an ankle issue, and it doesn't look good. So... Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Jordan Howard, if he's back. But, I mean, what a backbreaker for those that have waited patiently for Sanders to deliver. He helped out last week. He did put up a lot of numbers before he got hurt. But that was a big one. We saw Kenyon Drake also get carted off the field with a broken ankle. His season's over. So, I think that's really bumping up Josh Jacobs there. Mm-hmm. Um, Eckler, I think, has some bumps and bruises. So, we got to wait to see there. 
Uh, Joe Mixon, I didn't he leave the game and come back, and he's dealing with some injuries? Yeah, he got popped with a neck issue, and uh, I'm optimistic on him. Definitely watching. I will say, he, he went to the tent. It looked brutal. I was like, oh, my goodness, because not only do I have him in two of my bigger uh, leagues I'm trying to win here, but you know I'm a Bengal fan. So, But he came back out on that very first play on the field and did a pass block and laid out some linebacker that was rushing. So I'm hoping that that's uh, not a big deal. Dalvin Cook, he he was a limited participant in practice. We'll get to the, the this week's slate. The Vikings play the Steelers on Thursday, though, and I was surprised to even see him get limited. I expect him to sit one more week, but we'll get clarity on that. And then all the guys that missed last week. I mean, DeAndre Swift, I, I mean, probably a long shot for week 14. He might be down there for the season. But, I mean, we saw Jamal Williams get 18 touches. And Daryl Henderson, he was active last week. But really, I mean, just as an emergency case, he played the emergency role there and Sony Michelle did look good. 27 touches, 129 total yards, a touchdown. But I don't, I mean, I, I, people just get so overly excited about things here. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars here, folks. Yes. And uh, I mean, McVeigh has made it clear that Henderson's a part of this offense. So did Michelle earn some more carries? Perhaps, perhaps. And maybe it dings Henderson a little bit. But and I hear people in. It's embarrassing, but I, I hear a lot of people uh, that you know on Twitter that you know a lot of people follow that are suggesting that Sony Michelle is suddenly going to be this workhorse back and Henderson's going to go away, and it's like I pumped the brakes a little bit on that thought. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I I, I pivoted Michelle in D, DFS on Sunday, and that was profitable. But yeah, how many times have we seen Michelle get like two carries this year? It's when Daryl Henderson's healthy, he's the guy in LA. So Michelle's a nice piece to have in case Henderson misses more time or gets hurt again, but I'm not uh, ready to start him every week. Yeah, and Henderson, I mean, he's been struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he was putting up huge numbers here, but the whole offense has been struggling, dude. I mean, uh, I mean, the numbers have been all right a little bit, but Stafford went through a little rut there. The team hasn't really, uh, until they got healthy against Jacksonville, they had dropped a couple games. So, I don't know. I think I think Michelle's definitely earned himself um, perhaps a few more touches. Maybe they're wanting to keep him more fresh for the stretch run. So come playoff time, maybe you're seeing a little bit more of it too as the weather gets colder here. But there's not a situation where Michelle just took Henderson's job and Henderson's gone away and Michelle's suddenly a top 15 running back as long as Henderson's healthy. Right. And then one other injury you kind of keep on is Washington, whether or not J.D. McKissick is able to come back this week from his concussion. If not, Antonio Gibson, we saw his role. I mean, he, he had a nice game, didn't he? I don't, I don't think he got a touchdown against Washington, or against the against Vegas, but he's starting to ascend. And if there's, if there's no uh, McKissick, or maybe they're just ready to give everything to uh, to Gibson now in the past game. Man, he's Gibson's looked like a, a world beater coming out of that bye, too. and. Mm-hmm. That's been great. Uh, really, the selfishly, the biggest injury report I'm looking forward to seeing later today and, and leading up till Friday is Melvin Gordon. And, um, you know, he finally was out of the way of Javante Williams yes. in that Sunday night game. And, and man, did Javante Williams look the part. This guy is going to be special. 29 touches, 178 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he is a locked-in RB1 if Gordon remains out. If Gordon comes back, you know, he's a fringe RB2 all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've already seen people talk about next year's drafts. That is Javante Williams the, uh, the next Jonathan Ta- or Taylor. When- I'll tell you right now, if Gordon's gone next year, if, if Gordon's gone next year, where would you take Javante Williams in a redraft? Just a straight-up redraft, not even a dynasty. 
late first, early second is my initial I think thought. He's a, I, I, think he's a, I think he's a top 10 pick. Okay. I can uh, see that. You know, there's a lot to figure out between now and then, but uh, the guy's just the ability to make people miss, right? Uh, he's great at uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, so we'll keep our eyes on that. We're going to keep our eyes on James Robinson. He only had nine touches. Uh, I don't know if it was related to the heel knee issue he was dealing with, the fumble, what that was all about, but uh, certainly nerve-wracking there. Let's move over to receiver. Adam Thielen, I sort of mentioned it there in the open, suffered a high ankle sprain, so you're looking at several weeks there. K.J. Osborne expected to become the wide receiver to maybe a name to know in some deeper leagues. But uh, once again, here, Skeeter, we're looking at guys that already sort of entered the week as hurt. And I think the biggest one from a fantasy perspective that we're going to monitor here is Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. That groin issue kept him out of last week. There's some hope he's back for this week's matchup against the Bengals. And with him out there, uh, out of the lineup, uh, you know, you're leaning on um, Brandon Ayuk. And we didn't really see that translate into big stats. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's also in the concussion protocol here. So that's another situation to monitor for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I played Ayuk in uh, DFS. That didn't work out so well because it was all George Kittle. But it's nice that they can rely on him. And, you know, I had some Eli Mitchell too. But, you know, they're so deep with Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, Trey Sermon's out of the way. So maybe there'll be some clarity. But hopefully for the Niners, Eli Mitchell's back. Uh, the wide receiver I'm kind of keeping an eye on, uh, Keenan Allen is on the COVID-19 list, but he has a chance to come back on Sunday. But if he doesn't, uh, maybe this is finally time for Jalen Guyton to get involved. I mean, he had that big kind of jump ball touchdown against your Bengals uh, last week. But if Keenan Allen misses, I think that's a huge loss, but maybe could create an opportunity for Guyton against yeah. the Giants, which you know they probably could take advantage of if they wanted to. Guyton definitely looks the part. Uh, I like him long term. Alan, I did read that he, uh, from a beat reporter, he is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, does, that doesn't that does mean he has to have the 10-day window if he can get the two positive right. tests. But, you know, it's still, he's still got COVID. So, I mean, right. uh, we'll have, have we, to. Have we really ever seen anybody this year test positive early in the week and be able to play on Sunday or Monday? I don't remember. I, don't, yeah. I can't see anybody offhand. Me neither. But uh, that is interesting. In terms of the Giants, I mean, pretty much all their receivers are hurt. <laughs> and even if they're not, I mean, who do we want to use? I mean, Sterling Shepard, I'm still waiting for him to get back in there. But I don't know. It's not going to hold out hope. At tight end, Logan Thomas, big-time knee injury there. Um, so his season looks like it's over. And then, of course, Darren Waller. Uh, the deep knee bruise, are, they're, he's trending in the right direction. I think there's a chance he could return. So we're going to want to watch that. And then at quarterback this week, uh, a lot of people, you know, Daniel Jones probably still out here. Now Mike Glennon in concussion protocol. So I don't know what's going to happen there. We saw Tyrod Taylor go down with the wrist injury. So uh, not that that really matters. But outside of that, man, uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything serious to talk about. Um, Justin Fields, uh, they almost left him out with the ribs. And you know, Justin Fields is a guy that, to be honest, uh, especially in my 16-team leaguer where I have Jalen Hurts, and I backed him up last week with Tyrod Taylor. I went and picked up Matt Ryan, but Justin Fields is out there, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they play at Green Bay. Um, I just I don't know what, as a Bears fan, I have to sit through another Sunday night game with the Bears. Like, I'm just thrilled to watch this disaster in Green Bay. But, um, yeah, I don't know what they want to do with Fields because they just – I don't, you know, part of the, you know, is Fields just struggling because he's a rookie or is he struggling because 
Nagy's just not playing calls to suit uh, Fields' strength. So he's iffy, but always has an upside, and especially if he plays on Sunday night in a game that they're probably going to be behind in. So he's going to have to do a lot if they're going to have any chance of hanging around. Yeah. I'm not optimistic about it either. Uh, let's turn over. I mean, we're sort of transitioning away from the waiver wire as we get to the playoff time, but we did mention a few key names to look at there. KJ Osborne was one of them at receiver. Uh, I definitely can get behind him. Julio Jones is designated to return from injured reserve, so maybe you're looking at him. Obviously, you got uh, Chuba Hubbard. They were There was a bye last week, so maybe he didn't get scooped up with McCaffrey out. I think both the Tennessee running backs are pretty widely owned. Uh, if you, Russell Gage still sitting out there in a lot of leagues. I, I, I can get behind him. Taysom Hill, the quarterback. Um, and then it's really just about a whole lot of handcuffing. So grabbing those backups to your key players, Samaj P. Ryan for Joe Mixon owner, for example, or whatever. Uh, but not really a lot as we transition away from the waiver wire. Can I throw out two names real quick? Um, yeah, go Khalil, ahead. Khalil Herberts, because if David Montgomery goes down, Herberts looked impressive when Montgomery was out. So I think that's a handcuff. And, and what, you know, I think it's Chubba Hubbard, but what if it's actually Amir Abdullah who you know, gets a role in Carolina? Like, that's probably more of a 14, 16 team deep league type of play. But, you know, I think Abdullah, if I remember right, two weeks ago out snapped uh, Hubbard after the McCaffrey injury. Or at he's, least it was pretty close. I mean, the dude's got 20 targets over the last five games, so he's relative in deeper leagues. Yeah, especially PPR. So, yeah, that's one I think just a, nobody's thinking that one. And if it, if it ends up being a Mir Abdullah, you all of a sudden might potentially have a back-end RB2 in PPR leagues that could be viable with other injuries and who knows what else happens. Yeah, I can get behind it too. I know those Detroit wideouts starting to open up some eyes. I, I still favor Amon St. Brown, um, but, you know, it's – pretty dicey when you get down to that level of things yeah. there uh i will say that jamichael hasty is another sleeper name here yeah. because you got elijah mitchell in the concussion protocols i mentioned jeffrey wilson experiencing a flare-up in his surgically repaired knee so it could get really interesting for hasty if both those guys are ruled out all right let's get into taking a first stab look ahead of what lies ahead this week and with four teams on by, uh, that does leave us just 14 matchups. The Week 14 will kick off in Minnesota on Thursday Night Football. The Vikings a three-point favorite to open up here. Uh, and the Steelers coming off a huge win, a surprising win, if, if I was being honest there, versus Baltimore. And these are two teams with, I mean, this is basically playoff mode for both these teams, fighting for their playoff lives. It's actually a decent Thursday night game. The total's only at 43 here. So outside the star players like Deontay Johnson and, and probably Alexander Madison at, at running back for the Vikings. After that, it gets a little dicey. It gets a little dicey. But uh, Skeeter, I mean, what do you expect in this game? I mean, looking at the total, it, it opened at 46 and a half. It's down to 43. Odds makers don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Do you think there, there can be enough offense here to make it a fantasy-friendly matchup? Uh, there could be because these two teams can be inconsistent. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh getting a shootout with the Chargers a few weeks ago. And Minnesota, who knows which version of them you're going to get. I mean, that's probably true for both of these teams. So I think there are paths to shootouts. And if so, you'd have to think for Pittsburgh, it's Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, And for Minnesota, probably, you know, Justin Jefferson with no feeling. I mean, 
I realize Pittsburgh will probably try to scheme him away a little bit, but Jefferson's so good, and he's much better at home statistically throughout his first year and a half in the league. So I think there's potential there, but it's not the route I'm probably looking at. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, regardless if there's a lot of offense or stuff, I definitely, I mean, maybe it's because I just hate the Steelers. My two favorite teams are the Bengals who ever playing the Steelers. Yep. And uh, so, but it is, it, it has some appeal for, th- we've seen some real crappers in there for Thursday night football. So uh, I definitely think it'll be a better, a better, a, a, a closely battled game, a closely contested game here. Yes. So, uh, with both teams sort of fighting for their lives. Uh, seven one o'clock game Eastern, the early kickoff there on Sunday. And they're mostly, you know, a lot of divisional rivals here going head to head. You got the Ravens at Browns, the Raiders and Chiefs. We've talked about the Dallas Cowboys versus the football team in there. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you've also, uh, got a, a pretty interesting one, at least from a, uh, from a perspective of fantasy wise with the Falcons. And the Panthers here, that's a low total down from 48 and a half to 42 and a half from its opening line. So very rarely do you see something drop six points. But the Ravens-Browns, not going to be a high-scoring game. But Skeeter, Lamar Jackson, I mean, something's wrong here. I mean, my Scott Fishbowl team, who I'm not – I actually lost my second game of the season. I I got the bye here this week, so – but I, I dropped down from like 15th to 28th over these past two weeks overall. And the big reason is because Lamar is just letting me down, man. And can he get it right in time for the playoffs? And if so, I mean, is this a matchup where it could happen? I mean, I think, well, this is a game he threw four interceptions from two weeks ago. So this is actually one of those rare things for Cleveland where they played Baltimore, went on by and come back and play Baltimore again. So, I would assume that's probably not great for Lamar. Um, and it feels like he's just trying to force things a little bit. Like, he he had a couple passes against Pittsburgh. Like, one was like an interception in the end zone. Like, what are you doing here? Like, so I don't know if he's just feeling pressure or whatever. But, I mean, we do remember this was the uh, spot last year where that was that crazy fourth quarter shootout that he had the cramps, maybe it was, and come back and win Oh, the yeah, I forgot about that. So, maybe, you know, maybe that will bring back some uh, vibes for him. And, you know, maybe coming off that loss against Pittsburgh, they're a little more – you know, a little more desperate or whatever. But, again, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the AFC North, it's just so hard to figure out these teams who's going to do what week to week. Like They're all still alive to win the division yeah. here, too. That's a, that's what's interesting. Uh, I don't know. The Browns, uh, 42 seems a little low for me. I, I think I like the over here. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to soar over it, but I can see both teams getting into the 20s in this one. Also, I mean, depends on the weather's like in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I haven't dialed into the weather as much yet, but we'll do that as we uh, gear up for Sunday show. Or Saturday show, I should say. Uh, the other early start game that I'm selfishly interested in is the Raiders at the Chiefs. And part of that's because I've got some Travis Kelsey uh, exposure in some important spots, and he usually goes off as he did earlier this year yep. against them. And the Chiefs just have the Raiders number here. The total again opened at fifty three. Now it's sitting at forty seven and a half, forty eight in some spots. But I definitely think this is uh, in Arrowhead here again, uh, without knowing what the weather looks like. Uh, it's a little early in the week for me to look at the weather, but assuming there's no crazy Mother Nature in play here, I think the Chiefs' offense has one of their better outings of the season in this one. Yeah, I kind of feel like this is the Raiders from we've seen this in the recent years where they start off hot and they kind of fade towards the second half of the season. It kind of feels like they're tre- they're starting to trend down a little bit. And 
Kansas City needs to wake up at some point on offense. You know, you thought after the first drive Sunday night, like, okay, they're kind of back, and then they just kind of stalled out. But, yeah, as you said, historically dominant against the Raiders, especially Travis Kelsey. Um, this feels like a spot where they, they show, again, that they're not to be messed with in the AFC. Another really low total is the Texans hosting the Seattle Seahawks, where the Seahawks are now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in Houston. Like, Dude, that feels like a, a, dog, a home dog I'm all on right now, I'll tell you. The, te- the Texans are scrappy. Uh, I mean, I know they're a terrible team, but I mean, the fact that Seattle can go to play any NFL team on the road and be laying more than a touchdown just pops out to me right there. But I don't know. Maybe this is the game that Russell Wilson finally starts looking like Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf does what you drafted him to do, but. I don't know. I, I definitely think uh, the Texans, are, I mean, I guess a lot of it will come around to Tyrod Taylor and they look so terrible, but I'm not, I guess my takeaway is I'm not going to hold my breath and hope that Wilson and Metcalf and, and company do what we hope they do. And and who, what the heck's this running game in Seattle looking like? Is, is Adrian Peterson really the guy? I guess. I mean, they're all hurt. So maybe finally this is what it takes for them to throw to, for Russell Wilson to start throwing. And this, again, this is not a scary matchup for that, but I mean, they. I mean, they scored thirty against the Niners. They look better, so maybe the Texans is the full. You know, th- this feels like the classic. Oh, where was this at the first twelve weeks of the season? But if you somehow are in the playoffs with Metcalf and and Lockett and Russ Wilson, they could be fancy leaguers because I. Th- I don't. Their schedule is fairly generous, and if their running game is hurt, it might force them to to actually throw the ball, which is what we've wanted for years. We got four games in the late afternoon start. Uh, including the Giants at the Chargers, the 49ers at the Bengals, the Bills at the Bucks, and uh, of course, uh, Detroit the Lions. Denver. Yeah, the Lions and the Broncos was the other one there. Uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about the Broncos and the running back situation there. Detroit, they've been, uh, you know, coming off that first win of the season. Actually, uh, won our guy James uh, Adams his survivor pool because, oh, you, nice. know, you know, uh, James was, you know, fretting. Uh, not just on the podcast, but the show via text. Like he, he was, he did not want to take that Minnesota game, and he went with the Dolphins and was the last man standing there. So I'm sure James would be all about the Lions in this matchup. But uh, the one I'm real interested to get your take on because you know I'm a little biased here. But the 49ers are the Bengals, and uh, obviously uh, injuries aside, I know that we have a lot of question marks here on both of these teams as, as we bring this to you early Wednesday morning. But assuming that uh, most of the injuries are what they are. I mean, the Bengals are actually minus one right now, and the plus one's getting juice. So it's looking more and more like the 49ers might go off as the favorite in this contest. Which is hard for me to believe. I mean, they just lost at Seattle. I mean, I mean I, I'm a biased Bengal fan, so I'm seeing that, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, I've been betting. The Bengals have been, I mean, last week was a disappointment, but they've been pretty profitable from a betting standpoint. It's at home. Yeah, I, I don't get how San Francisco's favored here. Um, it's basically a pick em right now. I mean, it's plus one, but like I said, the 49ers are getting juiced to minus 115, which means it's going to be a pick em or they're going to be favored real soon. Right. Uh, the total in that game is 49, which is actually, surprisingly, uh, on this slate, 49 is the highest total of the week right now, um, I believe. I see one higher. Buffalo, Tampa. Okay. We haven't got to that one yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. That, you're right, though. I have, I've, I've only been scrolling down here. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do expect it to be a good game. Obviously, injuries will be a big factor there. 
Um, clearly, uh, both teams need to get uh, their running backs and, and some key receivers. I know T. Higgins is dealing with some stuff. So, um, But that should be the best game to me, regardless. In this 4 o'clock say we have Seattle, the Texans, Lions, Denver, Giants, Chargers, 49ers, Bengals. They moved this game to 425 for a reason. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bills-Bucks, obviously – the marquee matchup there at 425 Eastern kickoff. The Bucks, a three-point favorite, also looking a little fishy here. This is in Tampa Bay. Buffalo's sort of reeling right now. I mean, I think the Bills have been overrated all season. Uh, I think we're starting to see that come to life now. They really, I mean, they beat up on the Dolphins early in the year, but they haven't had any impressive performances. I like the Bucks here, man. I mean, laying a field goal? Are you kidding me? In Tampa Bay? I mean, it seems like a trap. It should be one of the more entertaining games of the week, hands down, though. Yeah, I agree, because especially with Buffalo coming off that demoralizing Monday night loss to New England, might be a letdown. But the more I think about this, though, this is a decent matchup for Buffalo, because they don't run the ball well, which is Tampa's strength as defensive against the run. You can throw on them a little bit, so and that's what Buffalo wants to do. Whereas Tampa, you know, maybe it's a little bit different now without Tredavious White, but Buffalo's been easier to run against and throw against, so... Maybe that's being baked in here that this probably fits Buffalo better as a matchup. So maybe this is a closer game. But um, yeah, this is a this this will be a fun game to watch. And Buffalo all of a sudden has to start worrying about uh, wild card implications now because or getting letting the AFC East get away. Yeah, no doubt about it. That'd be a good one to watch, indeed. You've already talked about the Sunday night game, Bears-Packers, uh, the, the biggest line of the week, it looks like. The Packers, 11.5-point favorites here. Will Chicago have Justin Fields back? That's will be a situation to monitor uh, for sure, uh, among others. But you know, Green Bay coming off the bye. This is in Lambeau. This feels like a, a pretty good spot for them. What do you think about the Packers matching up against this Bears defense, especially with all the injuries in Chicago? I mean, if they won the first game by, I think it was 10. They kind of toyed around and had that late touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers, of course, told the fans that he owns them. Um, so, and the Bears, when the Bears aren't great, this is a game they just typically get blown out at Lambeau. And on a Sunday night, I'm just going to be dreading all day waiting to watch this disaster for the Bears. So I think Green Bay wins easily, especially coming coming off the bye. So I like Green Bay in the spots. I hope, I mean, I won't bet it, but so that's a big cool. spread. That's a big spread. It is, but I just don't know if the you know I just don't trust the Bears right now. I mean, they just got blown out by Arizona. Um, Do you the like the chances line. better if Fields is back? Yeah, because I think he provides more upside, but then that could also also mean that he could also throw three picks. But we saw Dalton throw four picks, so I like Fields. It's a prime time game, so you know you don't want Dalton in there. <laughs> well, not sure I want anybody from the Bears playing prime time right now because there's ugly games, but I feel like there'd be a little more upside with fields if he's able to go. Yeah, I could get behind that. And then, of course, the Monday nighter, uh, probably the best game of the week and a very important one in the NFC West. The Rams traveling to Arizona to tangle with the Cardinals. The Cards are currently a two-point favorite. This one also over 50 at 51 and a half. And as good as last week's Monday nighter was built up uh, and you know, obviously the weather and everything there, and it was a great game, but this one's going to be even more entertaining, I think. Oh, yes. And and this is a huge game because Arizona won the first matchup. If they win this game, they probably basically win the division barring an absolute collapse because they'd have – they'd be up to – you know, I think they'd be up two on the Rams and, and have it in the tiebreaker. Yeah. So this is a division ceiling opportunity here. 
And there's your first glance at week 14. We're going to wrap up the show as we do always with a first look at our Thrive Fantasy contest. As I mentioned earlier, Thrive Fantasy has a $40,000 guaranteed contest this week. It's just 20 bucks dinner. First place takes home 10 Gs. You can also check out that prop lobby, get great multipliers on two, three, and four player props. You can get all that over there at Thrive Fantasy. And if you've never been there before, now's the time to get a deposit down. You, they'll give you a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code FANTISTICS. And James and I go head-to-head on the week of this each week. Uh, and uh, he's he's got a, a, a still a steady lead on me on the season, Skater. But we generally each pick three of these props and then our ice pick. So... We go pick by pick, picking four of them. And since you're filling in, you're the guest. I'm going to let you pick your favorite prop first. And we're playing for absolutely nothing here. But uh, <laughs> either James and I are playing. I think there's a six pack of beer on the season on it. So it's some pretty heavy stakes. But uh, I definitely have enjoyed getting into the props this year. And Thrive does a great job. But on this $20,000 or uh, $40,000 guaranteed contest uh, main slate here, What's your favorite prop on the board as you look at it here early in the week? You know, I think we're going to go Lamar over 274.5 pass and rush yards. Um, I, th- I think he's just going to have to be a, a big part of the game on the ground and, you know, passing as well. I, that number just seems too low, and maybe I'm just thinking of that Monday night game last year was a shootout. But, I, you know, after the past two weeks, I think Lamar is going to want to redeem himself, and I think he actually steps up and performs well in this game. And, between the rushing and the passing, I think he clears 274 and a half. And at plus 105 with 105 points, I'll take the weighted uh, to go over. All right, 105 points there. And uh, definitely, uh, I like I like the little bit of juice on something that seems pretty natural. So I'm with you on that one. You know, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes here. Uh, I, I mentioned it when we were going through the games, but they own the Raiders. And I think this is a get healthy week here. Mahomes has been up and down. The Chiefs, really, their entire offense has been that way. It wasn't all that great last week versus Denver. But the Broncos, I think, are, especially in the pass defense, pretty elite. So I look for a bounce back here. It's it's, it's the favorite. It's only 95 points. But 305 yards is uh, seems like an eternity for Mahomes right now. But I'm going on a hunch play here, and I'm going to roll Kansas City's quarterback. All right. I can't argue with that. All right. Now you get the next pick, my man. All right. Um. Again, I kind of I'm kind of believing a little bit in this Washington defense, and Dak just isn't running the ball as much, and they still could you know get Ezekiel Elliott some touchdowns. So I'm going to take the under 23 and a half uh, fantasy points for under under at 115. A little bit of juice here. I'm not sure many people are going to look towards this, but again, I just think that Washington defense is playing well enough that Dallas on the road doesn't seem like a whole lock here. So I'm going to take a I'm going to take a flyer here. Go Dak under 23 and a half for 115 points. That's a lot of points, uh, and definitely something I would be interested in myself. Uh, I had that one written down, uh, actually, a little bit later down my list. Uh, I'm going to stick with the correlation play here. Make it easy. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill uh, again. If I like Mahomes to get to 300 yards. Like I've, I've said, I, I find it very tough to think that Hill won't get 82 and a half. He's due a big game. It's been a while. I think he had less than five fantasy points in PPR leagues last week. So uh, I'm either going to sink with the Chiefs or swim with them this week. And uh, I'm going with him. It's just 100 points either way you go, but over the 82 and a half yards. 
yeah, I guess my only issue there is what if this is the Kelsey game because it always Hopefully it's both. Great. Hopefully it's yeah. both. I mean, Mahomes has got to get to 305 for that to hit. So even if Kelsey has a 100-yard day, 115-yard day, I mean, there's still 200-something more yards to go around. Maybe I, should, maybe I should just play all three in DFS, build a lineup around that stack. That's worked before. Yeah, interesting. Um, my emergency, my ice pick. No, no, no you still, you, you, we got oh. four. The we got three picks plus the ice pick. Oh, so. well, sorry. Um, well, then my third pick will be Jamar Chase over four and a half receptions. If we think this game potentially could shoot out, and I know T Higgins has you know, some injury concerns, I think you could throw on San Francisco on four and a half for Chase. He has been quiet recently. You think they might want to get him back involved here? So this feels like a decent spot. Four and a half seems kind of low. So you know, even though it's only ninety-five points, there's not a ton of you know ton of negative juice here. Uh, you know, give me Jamar Chase. I get behind that. I can get behind that. I mean, Chase has been struggling of late. It's my only problem with it, uh, but you know, I do think it's good there. I'm going to go George Kittle. Play the over yeah. there against the Bengals. Stay in that matchup. The Bengals losing their best linebacker for a pretty lengthy absence here. Logan Wilson with a shoulder injury suffered on a special teams play nonetheless. But I'm really uh, 72 and a half yards. That's a pretty big game for Kittle, what we've seen this season. But I love the over 120 points here, right? Uh, definitely think, you know, getting to that 100, you know, one of those games up there made me make up some ground. So we'll go Kittle on the over there as well. All right, Skeeter, your ice pick. All right, well, I had Kittle uh, over is that one, but I'll go somewhere else. Um, my ice pick is I just think Seattle kind of continues to improve, and against Houston's not bad. And I don't know. I, I feel like Houston gives up some big plays. So, you know what? Let me take a chance, especially the ice pick. Over a, over half a touchdown for Tyler Lockett at 125 points. Oh, man, that was going to be mine. Oh. Yeah, they got it. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, if Seattle's this big of a favorite at Houston, I mean, Lockett at 125 points to get a touchdown, that's all he's got to do. I mean, exactly. uh, all right, so you took Lockett. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Or, no, you took you already took Lamar. Yes, yeah, took Lamar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've got that. Uh, I'm 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 going to go here with my ice pick and try to look for some points like you did. And I am going to go. Oh man, I just don't like it as much as I did that other one. I'm I will go. I, I'm just going to go Cordero Patterson on not getting a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, as much as Patterson's been great. And you know what? It's just really a points thing here. I'm going to go under the half a rushing touchdown, keep him out of the end zone. It's 115 points there. So, Skeeter, if you win this week, this will be nothing. But if you lose, I'm going to tell James you were picking on his behalf. So that's how this is going to work out on our 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 six pack for the season bet. You know, he he knows my picks can struggle at times, so that's nothing new. Picks can struggle at times, bro. That's the fun of it all. But uh, great catching up with you, man. We'll look forward to joining Skeeter and myself this Saturday on Fantastics Insider Football. That's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're there every Saturday of the season with Fantastics on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Skeeter Robinson, me at Dan Claskins, and at Fantistics as well. We'll be back with more. Uh, Stay with us. Subscribe wherever you listen. We're dropping it uh, early in the week, all the way through your fantasy football season. It's the Insider Football Podcast. You can get it at insiderfootball.com as well. All right, good luck and enjoy the games. We'll see you next time right here. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm Dan Claskins. Good luck and 
best of wishes here in week number 14.